0: Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative and I, are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre. That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over this series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode, and then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy... In this episode, we take up Avengers, A Civil War. Because That's What Heroes Do is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over this series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode. And then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy. In this episode, we consider Ant-Man. I know you will enjoy it. In this episode, we take up perhaps the darkest movie in the MCU, Avengers, A Civil War. Everyone, this is Tom Fox, and welcome to the MCU chronological series. Megan Doherty and I are back with our continuing challenge, which is to review the entire MCU on Popcorn and Compliance. Why? Well, because it's there, and we're both MCU Uber geeks. We're reviewing these films as they appear in chronological order uh, in the MCU timeline, not by release date. Today, we continue with perhaps the darkest movie, at least today, which is Avengers, A Civil War. I am your co-host, Tom Fox, the founder of the Compliance Podcast Network and the voice of compliance.
1: And I'm Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative. And uh, yeah, as as you were just saying, Tom, this is one of the the darker movies that we've talked about uh, today, especially after, you know, last week's episode, we were talking about the, the Rollicking good time that was Ant Man. Uh, now we're here with Captain America's Civil War, which, um, you know, landed a lot harder. <laughs> uh,
0: that it did. And um, I think you said this was an emotional roller coaster for you, and I certainly agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started um, early and it went um, <laughs> all the way through to the end. Just we kept saw-
1: going, didn't let up. <laughs>
0: We saw Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier activated and saw him murder uh, Howard Stark and Betty Stark uh, in a pretty stark way. uh, No pun intended by that reference. Uh, We saw saw uh, the Avengers, while trying to save uh, some uh, biohazardous material from being released, uh, accidentally kill a large number of civilians, which... um, led to some serious repercussions. We saw a murder of the king of Wakanda, which led to his son, Ta-Ching, becoming king that we'll explore hopefully in a later uh, show on the MCU, Uh, but still a um, pretty powerful set of scenes between father and son and at the death of the father. Uh, We saw, uh, for me, perhaps the most touching around Captain America, Steve Rogers, and what he still feels for his best friend, Bucky Barnes, Mm -hmm. Uh, even though Bucky uh, has been the Winter Soldier and is now trying to break free from that uh, inside his own head. And the consequences of that, uh, we saw um, Tony Stark find out the truth about the death of his parents and in a very, uh, very bleak way, which leads to a huge confrontation Uh, and a rupture of the Avengers. So, um, and we haven't even started to talk about the action yet. Uh, So uh, it really was, it's a long movie, but uh, you you just sit literally on the edge of your pants, or seat rather, and watch it. I guess the, um, maybe we should start with, uh, explain why I saw it so dark, but what did you see, Megan?
1: Well, the first thing that really jumped out to me was, you know, there there are these individual conflicts that are happening um, when it comes time to talk about the Sokovia Accords. Uh, And, you know, so just as a little background, I'm sure everyone listening knows, but, you know, this is some kind of uh, UN international based oversight of the Avengers initiative. Um, Seems eminently reasonable uh, on its surface, but it really does bring up uh, conflict between kind of the two factions within the Avengers. And I thought that the, the two factions and the way they ended up aligning was really, really interesting based on the characters that were leading them. So Tony Stark was pro-Accords and being regulated by the government. Um, Steve Rogers, anti-Accords, not willing to accept that kind of regulation from higher authority, which is a complete reversal for each of them from how they started out in the MCU, um, where Captain America was the collectivist who was working you know, as part of a group to uh, save America as a team, for, you know, the rest of the world. And Tony Stark was this like capitalist individualist who had never thought about anyone else before is now saying, no, we actually do need this government oversight to protect people and and to, pr- you know, protect ourselves as we do this dangerous work and we kill civilians. So I thought that was super fascinating. Uh, kind of the the individual, the individualism of Captain America versus the collectivism of Tony Stark was both surprising and really, really touching and, and relevant uh, in so many areas of the world. But I thought that was a super great way to start off the film. Um, that was the, the big one for me. Uh, what, what about yourself?
0: When I saw that whole scene about the Sokovia Accords and the perspective of Captain America and the perspective of Tony Stark, uh, at first I thought, I wonder if they set this up to have them play against character. Because you're absolutely right. It made no sense for Tony Stark to support government uh, control And Captain America is from what we call in America the greatest generation. And their motto is uh, uh, Mm -hmm. shared sacrifice. Shared sacrifice. For them, the goals were to defeat um, Nazi Germany and Japan in World War II. And I saw that play out actually with my mother, who um, uh, is 89. And when the issue of uh, COVID vaccines came up, her response is, if this is gonna make our country better, I'm gonna go be first in line. And I'm gonna talk to anybody who doesn't do that in a very stern way. And she did. And she's there this week. And she ended up being in isolation for nine months uh, because she was in lockdown. And she said, no, this is what I gotta do. This is what we gotta do, period. And so I saw that kind of live in person. And so I really wondered what was the change uh, in Captain America that he decided that he was not going to have this sort of shared sacrifice. For for Tony, actually, the Tony Stark, for me, the answer was, I think, a little bit easier because he felt guilt around what happened with Ultron. Ultron was essentially his creation. Obviously, we have Jarvis now, too. But uh, it was really Tony that led this sort of AI type of uh, 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 move forward in science, which led to Ultron, which led to tragedy in Sokovia, which leads to the events of uh, a civil war. Um, I'm not quite sure what journey Captain America had, similar to Tony's that caused Captain America to really turn against government oversight, but he did. And... um, he 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 was very clear that my judgment is better than the government's judgment on this
1: that was a little bit of arrogance from the the greatest generation right because he's the last one of his generation who's alive and kicking and all that work that he and his compatriots did back in the day looking at the world was plainly for nothing the people who were in charge didn't do a good job so maybe it's not unreasonable for him to think yeah i could do better (laughs) I'm not saying I agree, but I can you know see that as a logical progression of, of thought and feeling,
0: right? So that we have that conflict. Uh, once again, we have uh, um, Peggy Carter, um, but in this episode, Peggy dies, mm-hmm. and uh, at his at her funeral, uh, the eulogy is given by Sharon Carter, who uh, we find out is her niece, and Sharon Carter was the agent who had been assigned to uh, watch over Captain America in a prior. Um, movie so we have that dynamic going on Mm -hmm. as well and i think steve rogers now understands why he was so attracted to sharon carter um which attraction was was never fulfilled or consummated but um it, it becomes clear to him why he was so attracted to her and perhaps her to him as as well so that was i thought a pretty poignant scene the um i have to say the really the most gut-wrenching emotional part for me, Megan, was when, uh, Bucky is captured and he is in, uh, custody and, uh, Helmut Zemo, uh, Zemo, uh, a a character, uh, who had been a Sokovian whose family had died Mm -hmm. because of the tragedy around that in the age of Ultron is, has this grand scheme to, uh, wreak havoc on the Avengers. And part of it is to activate Bucky and have Bucky escape. And he, he does activate, he he steals the code, activates Bucky and Bucky turns into the winter soldier and Steve Rogers goes after him because he remembers from uh, the last Avengers movie, the winter soldier, uh, Bucky did recognize him. So he knows uh, there's some good there. So, um, it was really poignant for me to see Steve Rogers really put everything on the line for his friend, and that mm-hmm. continues throughout the movie. Um, and he makes some pretty difficult decisions uh, based upon his friendship and trying to to bring Bucky back and not the Winter Soldier.
1: Really touching, and I think Zemo is another really good villain. Like we were talking about kind of uh, last week with Ant Man, uh, Zemo again not going for world domination. He's going for this is a more personal one guy getting revenge for a really personal tragedy. Um, So I thought that, you know, really interesting and humanizing as a villain. Um, So I I, I agree that was really interesting. And and watching Bucky kind of succumb to this brainwashing again and the impacts that had. um, Yeah, it was one of the many really hard things to watch. And it wasn't the last. We're not done.
0: (laughs) We're going to take a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more. No, uh, we're not. So, uh, what were some of the uh, Easter eggs that? Oh you gosh, well, um, I
1: one? love the characters that were introduced uh, in this movie. So, um, the Black Panther, um, played by Chadwick Boseman, fantastic. Uh, really good introduction. Uh, absolutely love the way he was brought in and became a, a serious player. From day one, uh, so there was no, you know, there wasn't really a subtle hint like you often get in in Marvel movies. This was like, no, I'm here, I'm a superhero, and you're going to have to deal with me. Um, so I'm really excited for for his standalone movie coming up soon, and uh, Spider-Man, played by Tom Holland, is the sweetest, most precious boy who has ever lived, <laughs> and uh, brought some extremely. Well, like very much needed comic relief, um, especially to the fight scene at the airport, um, which I would love if we can discuss more because that was an epic fight scene uh, with some great moments. Uh, so those were kind of some of my favorite um, cookies. The start of the relationship between Bucky and Sam, um, so between the Winter Soldier and and the Falcon, uh, this this antagonistic, grudging respect um, that's really snark, snarky. I love every time they interact uh, with each other. I think it's great. Um, Especially when Captain America finally kissed Sharon and Bucky and Sam are both in the car and they're just like, yeah, you go, bro. (laughs) So That was just just a great little moment. Um, The at-at reference, so bringing in a little uh, Star Wars to the fight when Ant-Man is being taken down by Spider-Man. Did you see this really old movie? Loved it. Uh, and those are some, I've got some more points to talk about, but what were some of your cookies, uh, maybe before we get into them?
0: So the original or the first meeting between Tony Stark, um, Tom Holland and Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker and Aunt May, uh, The uh, that was great. Uh, I really enjoyed all of that. The, um the, uh, Backstory We heard uh, a little bit about um, Peter Parker sort of understanding, but really not understanding what uh, happened to him um, that turned him into the Spider Man. Uh, I've always really liked uh, Marissa Tomei, um, um, as far back as my cousin Vinny. Uh, so to see her is great. And there's a great line where, um, Tony Stark in a very lurid way says, it's hard to believe you're someone's aunt. And her response was great. Uh, Hey, we come in all shapes and sizes. Um, so, you know, for every girl who's ever had to put up with a lurid boy staring at her chest and being able to deflect it with a, uh, funny line. I thought that was great. And then the scene where, um, Tony goes into Peter's room uh, and talks to him. Uh, We begin to see the beginning of that relationship. But what I really enjoyed was you really saw the angst in Peter Parker uh, because he starts to say what happened, and then he he doesn't say it. He says, whatever happened to me? And, you know, he's a teenager, so he's got all these emotions he doesn't know how to handle. Well, now he's got these physical abilities he doesn't know how to handle. Uh, and he's got this role he doesn't know how to handle and he's trying to do it on his own. And, uh, Tony Stark is obviously there to, to be a mentor to him, uh, in a very Tony Stark kind of way. So, uh, uh, but that sort of journey of Peter Parker continued in mm-hmm. the fight scene that we're going to talk about, um, uh, because he's brought into this fight. He's supposed to have a limited role. Of course, he exceeds that limit, uh, he begins to understand not so much his fighting abilities, but all of the other things like his spider sense and his ability to disarm someone without hurting them. And uh, I thought that was a great part of the evolution of of Peter Parker as Spider-Man that I had not focused on before. So uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, The use of the shield throughout the movie. Uh, One is the shield actually cut Spider-Man's webs. Um, I've forgotten that that it could do that. Uh, Two was Bucky's use of the shield in the fighting at the end, when we have an epic Mm -hmm. fight between Iron Man and Captain America. Um, And the, at the end, and I don't suppose we're going to give away too much to say. Captain America leaves the shield, and that's you know the symbol of him. He's no longer Captain America. So the shield, uh, those series of cookies, I thought were pretty poignant uh, for me as well.
1: So let's let's dig into the airport fight scene a little bit because uh, this this was a really big moment, and so it starts with you know the two factions of the Avengers actually you know in a line facing off superhero style. Uh, and it, it just, it started like watching my friends fight or it was like when your parents fight, it's horrible to watch. So I'm really glad they made the decision to, to add a little humor to it with, with, you know, Peter Parker kind of like live narrating what's going on, trying to start like, oh, this is how we do this. Okay. Like, yep, yeah, we're fighting, but we can still chat, right? Like we're still cool. Uh, I, I thought that was, that was really useful. Um, Scott Lang was hilarious. Um, when, when, When he got gigantic, Uh, just that cackle of success uh, was was a really great moment. Uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow uh, fighting a little bit. So like, we're still friends, right? Well, yeah, that's just what we're doing right now. Uh, So uh, what were some of your favorite uh, in the fight moments?
0: So actually, uh, the fight scene was just fabulous, incredibly choreographed well. But the part I wanted to focus on maybe for this podcast, Megan, was near the end when um, Bucky and Captain America are trying to steal a jet to go stop Zemo from, they think, releasing other Winter Soldiers. And uh, Natasha Romanoff lets him go. Mm-hmm. And um, I really thought about that in, on many different levels. There's something going on between Natasha and Captain America. Once again, unconsummated, unfulfilled, but there's something there. So that's part of it but she has all of her life basically been a double agent. Mm -hmm. And is this something she just, she she can never play it straight for one side uh, anymore. Um, And then I guess the last thing is, does she no longer believe as strongly as she did in following the Sokovia Accords? And I don't know the answers really to any of those questions, but it seemed to me that that was uh, equally a, a poignant scene. And of course, uh, she pays for that as as do the rest of them um but i found that to be uh, a great way for that whole fight scene to end
1: i think so too and i mean i I'd absolutely down to my bones refuse to believe it is anything other than a pure friendship between black widow and captain america <laughs> it will not be soiled by romance <laughs> because their friendship is really nice <laughs> I do think she has a real trust for him. Like she was the only one who went to Peggy Carter's funeral to be there for Captain America. And, you know, that was a really touching, lovely thing. And I think she, she trusts him ultimately, even if she does believe in the Sokovia Accords. And if he really believes that there is, you know, an army of super soldiers, she probably thought it was, it was worth it to, you know, make this one last exception, even if she had to fall on her sword to do it.
0: The final fight scene in Russia, um, where, Tony Stark finds out that it was Bucky Barnes as a winter soldier who kills his parents. And uh, it's very graphic how they're killed. Um, The mother, uh, Tony's mother is killed. Who's not a character we've seen a lot of, but clearly that's what, to me, took him over the edge. Uh, And then we have just this uh, uh, intense fight scene where Bucky and Steve are able to fight Iron Man, basically to a draw. Um, what were you thinking or feeling during that?
1: At that exact moment, I was still recovering from "Give Me Back My Roadie um, and and War Machine, you know, being so hurt. Um, which that that was that that hit really hard. Um, but during that fight, it 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 struck me as a little strange. I, I wouldn't have expected such a response to that event that had happened so long ago from Tony Stark. And I think it must have been just that it, it was. You know his guilt over the mistake with Ultron, as you said, and and you know losing Pepper, who he was separated from over the course of this film, which he's feeling really bad about, and that uh, that kid, the the mother confronted him about. I think it was just thing after thing after thing, and he couldn't take it anymore. And the finally, it's just like, no, nah, he killed my mom. That that's it. We're done. Like, he broke. You know, he, he he broke as as kind of all of that character development, uh, all of that development he's done as a person. It it just down to a kid is, where's my mom? You took my mom away. Uh, so like bawling with the tears and I feel like neither of them wanted to be there doing it. Um, but at that point it was a a grudge match and it had to be finished. What, What were your thoughts on it?
0: I found, uh, once again, I found that very poignant. I thought, uh, the mother is what sent Tony Stark over the edge. Uh, the fight scene was, uh, painful to watch because, They really were. They weren't. I don't want. They may have been trying to kill each other, but that wasn't the point for me. The point was they were trying to beat each other to death with their fists. And when you get, I've been like that a couple of times. And that is the most basic thing uh, there is when you want to literally beat someone to death with your own fists. Um, uh, That is rage and hate and kind of every negative emotion that, that you can have. And uh, I saw that in, in that fight scene. Um, it was an incredible choreographed fight scene. Um, yeah, Bucky really, really. And, and Cap fighting together against Iron Man. Uh, Bucky has his mechanical arm sheared off by Iron Man. Uh, you mentioned War Machine. Uh, that's a whole nother subplot going on. Uh, where he's paralyzed, and he has to try to come back from that. We're gonna, I'm sure get into that in another movie, but um, the, uh, and then the end, where um, he he leaves the shield and uh, walks off, and I mean he, I mean Captain America, Steve Rogers. Then Helmut uh, Zemo um, says, "My work is finished. I have destroyed the Avengers from within." But he's uh, and he starts to kill himself by shooting himself, but he's stopped uh, by uh, the Black Widow and um, uh, the Panther. Panther, excuse me. And then uh, there'll be other adventures with uh, Mr. Zemo that we will touch on in later shows. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I, it was just dark all the way through, uh, painful all the way through, uh, but a great addition to the entire uh, MCU universe for me, Megan
1: yeah, same here. It, it it was a level of seriousness that I think is kind of getting us ready for what's coming. Uh, and and it had all been you know it had all been too easy up to now, you know they, I mean, uh, they'd had only external challenges as a team, and this was their first real internal challenge. Uh, and that's you know, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot harder to deal with that. And I thought the, the whole subversion of you know who the big bad in the movie was going to be you know it's going to be this army of winter soldiers that we're going to have to fight no the real like the real bad guy is your feelings and you're going to have to deal with them (laughs) i I thought that was really really good so i I love the film um uh you know as as much as it was uh emotionally difficult to get through (laughs) oh and just a last note on um vision and wanda i thought was another really interesting aspect of this movie because Wanda got a rough ride in this movie. Uh, she did not intend to hurt all those civilians. And I mean, she's not old. She's not a grown up, really, like barely, I, w- I would say. Um, and the relationship between her and Vision, I thought was really, really interesting. Um, especially after he inadvertently caused so much harm to Rhodey because that put him at a level with Wanda, I think in a really important way and, and set the stage for where they go next in their relationship.
0: Well, uh, we're at the end and I'm Tom Fox. I hope you will join us again for our next episode of Popcorn and Compliance the mcu series
1: and i'm megan doherty uh join us again next week when we take up black widow
0: this is tom fox again hope you've enjoyed this edition of and because that's what heroes do and i hope you'll join us again for our next episode where we take up black widow i'd also like to tell you about a special podcast series that has premiered on the Compliance Podcast Network, The Corruption Files. In The Corruption Files, I'm joined by Hughes Hubbard partner Mike DeBernardis, and we take a deep dive into some of the most interesting FCPA and international anti-corruption enforcement actions over the past 15 years, which have really created the modern era of FCPA and anti-corruption enforcement. Check out The Corruption Files on the Compliance Podcast Network, Megaphone, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Because That's What Heroes Do is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.